We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good, LL Nation? Lucky Lefty Podcast, the Anora Boys are in the building. We're brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure that you do so. Responsibly. You got to do it responsibly. Left, we got some things to chop it up about today. We're going to chop it up about, you know, our fans they keep the chat live each and every day, and then they keep the conversation going, whether it's on message boards or after the show and the messages and the comments. And some of the things that we talked about last week are still buzzing, so we'll go over that. Kennedy Erlacher, son of Brian Erlacher, Hall of Famer, middle linebacker for the Chicago Bears, makes his decision public tonight. Notre Dame is in his top six. I want to beat my chest, bro. Illinois made his top six left. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm they saying. Saw, they saw Chase Brown get drafted. They saw the top five pick come out of Illinois. They saw they saw a lot going on in, in Champaign. They said, I got to see what's down there. We're taking small steps left. We're taking small steps, man. I hope we go and really get Caleb Brown. We're going to talk about the transfer portal too, left. It, Things have changed because you've said it, and maybe it's not just Notre Dame, but the number of players that are on the clock to make an impact immediately. I'm interested in seeing if we will see an uptick in early enrollees because of the transfer portal. Well, I thought you saw an uptick already. Mm. I mean, just... I remember I, when I went early, that was kind of like people were starting to do it a little bit. And then after that, it was like they was they had to tell people you couldn't come in early because they already had to – it's like they had to choose which guys they let come in early because it was too many guys. Because I remember it was only allowed like four or five. That's why I was in there. Now it was just like we can only take five. I know everybody want to come. Right. What – we can only take five. So I think the transfer portal has made recruiting different difficult, um, especially for programs that feel like they're a year away or they want to make a quick turnaround. And it's going to be hard for 
some programs, especially when coaches come in and get hired for a first year, to really feel like they can develop these high school guys that are the three and four stars that most of them are projects. Mm. But in a win now uh, situation we're in, especially if you're thinking SEC, like a Tennessee, their whole team is a bunch of transfers, quarterbacks, transfers. Uh, they all the players that got drafted were basically transfers. <laughs> so how do you develop? How do you want? To develop a class like the Nico Ema Valida, what's the it, what's the importance of it if you can be like, hey, well, we'll just get some guys in the portal. There's always going to be some guys in the portal, especially now, yeah. And then don't let it be successful, guys. And a bunch of uh, guys get drafted that were one year transfers or whatever. They're going to be really trying to do it because now it's like, okay, that's the that's the way to success. If it don't work out, I go somewhere one year and be a top 10 pick. So it's, it's, it's interesting where things are going. I think a lot of it, you know, you'll see what happens with North Carolina. That's a prime example. That whole team has got to be a transfer team because your quarterback is so good. So it's almost like you got to think about the now instead of uh, developing the three-star that's pretty okay, but Drake May can't do nothing with that right now. So, you know, <laughs> what, what, you know what are you going to do? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Lefty Podcast, as we said before, we'll tap into multiple things. Talk about Kennedy Erlacher preview, how things will go. I would I would venture to say Notre Dame sits in a pretty darn good spot with the young man, the safety, right about now. But left, I just want to tip my cap to sports this weekend. It's been great. 
Man, let me tell you, I keep telling you about the NHL, bro. The game sevens that the NHL gave us on yesterday. Once again, watching number one overall seed fall to the hands of another eight seed is absolutely spectacular. The Boston Brewers were up 3-1 after having a historical season during the regular season. And you talk about playing with they butts tight for three straight games. Woo! And then to have the Seattle Kraken send the defending champs home. Is mad man, but I want to start with the greatest NBA player of this generation, LeBron James. I said the greatest, and his performance in that game seven yesterday. Wait a minute, you call it one Steph Curry? Let me tell you something, bro. 50 LeBron points. is still in the generation, though. I just how you how are you just gonna interrupt? My that intro, bro. That was disrespectful. Man. That was disrespectful. You're so disrespectful, bro. That was dis- the greatest? Just Man. say he's a really good player. Good grief. The greatest player of this generation has changed the game unlike any other. He's changed the game. That's all I'm saying. He's changed the game. But no, really, really, really. I'm going to bring it to this point, love. It's so cool to have, see, maybe five NBA teams. Maybe, let's see, one, two, three, four. All the teams on the West. Uh, <laughs> and then all the teams on the West and the Sixers. <laughs> what do you say, six teams in the NBA have a dude that can just go get it? Like win the game himself? Like, like yeah. literally, yeah. Steph just walked out on the floor yesterday and was like, man, give me this. We're not playing this game. We're not. It's not going to be close. Yeah, he he just he definitely was like it was it was points in the game where everybody on his team stood out the way, and he's just running around picks, doing all type of stuff, shooting it all. I mean, he literally was like, "I'm winning this. I don't give a dang what goes on." Andrew Wiggins, I don't want to see no more turnarounds. Y'all just pass me the ball and get yeah. out. Me and Draymond work this thing. Yeah. And Draymond does a great job of playing his role. I just stand here, set a pick, throw it back to you behind the head. Or whatever. You know, he just do his little Dennis Robin impression, which I think is valuable, which I think he shouldn't leave the team for Steph's sake. Yeah. For Steph's sake. Because, you know, Clay come in, but Clay don't even be playing with the uh, other two as much. Yes, Yesterday, it was Draymond and Steph. Steph Man. just said, hey, let me go show him why it's, it shouldn't have been a game seven. Let me tell you something, man. I stepped out to pick up some food for the misses at halftime. And by the time I got back, it was the middle of the third quarter. I mean, he was making stuff that's like, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. I'm going to do this. I'm better than you. At one point, I thought they just wasn't guarding him because he was just to the cup like, scoop. Like, dude. Yeah. Like, y'all not gonna get in front of him or cut him off or double team. Y'all just letting him just drive from the baseline to baseline. No, I still get the would rebound. Say his game four performance in the NBA Finals last year on the road to me was the most impressive I've seen because they were literally eight minutes away from being down three one to the Celtics. Like it was that dire. 
Like they were down in the fourth quarter, I think, by like seven points, and then all of a sudden, Steph just. But them boys got experience. That experience thing matters. It matters. It matters. When it was uh two one, at the king, or it was a uh, it was one one, and and they were playing game two or game three at the at the king's place or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and they won that game. And it was just like Clay and Steph and Draymond was like, all right, we about to show them why we the champions. And made it not close. It ended up being up. It's just no different than what Victor Oladipo said about LeBron. He was just like, man, listen, LeBron just knows when to turn it on and when to when to do the right moments because he's experienced. He's nine finals in or whatever. That plays a part to the Warriors. The Kings are just super young. The Celtics, when they went to the finals, had no everybody knew they didn't have a chance because you knew at the end of the day when it got close, whether it be a game seven or whether it be uh late on the two minutes left in the game or eight minutes left, the Warriors just just know how to execute in the moments. And and the Celtics, just like the Kings in spots, they didn't have no answers. Like nobody wanted to touch the ball. That's why Miami's so good, because Jimmy wants the ball when it gets tight. Nobody make nobody want that ball with that ball get real, real small and feel like you shooting a tennis ball when the clock in the game is on the line. Jimmy Butler is, is, is one of those teams, I think, at Miami. Steph made it look like that yesterday. LeBron, obviously. I mean, when you watch game sevens with LeBron at this point, you're like, all right, if nobody gets hurt, LeBron's probably gonna win. At this point. I wasn't worried about Memphis winning game six. Come on. Come on. But, yeah, it's something about that it factor players like Steph just played amazing from the from start to finish. And, you know, they get all the stories about using the locker room, saying, you know, stay home or, we gonna, you know, I'm going to win this thing. And, I mean, that's what great players do. That's what I'm saying, man. Those greats. And, you know, you just – either you have one or you don't. Either you have one on your roster or you don't. And if you don't, I don't know what else to tell you, man. Yeah, you can't draft. Yeah, it's just like you just can't draft over that. Like When you got a KD, it's just you got a KD. What can you do with that? He's going to give you a chance to win every time. Every time. Every time. <laughs> and maybe that's what Sam Hartman is, and we just can't see it in his physical stature. Boy, woo, I like how you just caught that oop. You see, that? <laughs> you see how I, I threw it? I threw See, it. You caught right. it. It was that's no right. look, too. That's right. I didn't even have to go into it. You just took it. Whoa, that's why I'm Clippers, 2013, for sure. And 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 that's what said because I can't because Sam Hartman gives the impression of he's just another guy. But then you start looking at his numbers, and then you start looking at all the games he played, and then you start looking at where he played and how he made them better, and then you'd be like, okay. He's one of those guys where it's like, man, if he was on this and such and such team, they might really, they might be all right. He got better players. He'll mm-hmm. elevate to the talent. He may not, uh-huh. he may not rise all boats. But if you put some big boats in the water, that water gonna come up either way. He he'll be good on. Oh, you gonna give me something better? Okay, I can make it work. I can I can I can do I can do something with this because I can make it work with less. So I think that Sam Hartman definitely can play that factor of he can look in the eyes of these guys in the, in the Ohio State game 
when we when we when we down or we or with games getting close and with his experience and his ability to just make it happen it seems like he could just make little throws here and there on an Eli Manning type of flavor we might have something we might have something cuz he can calm what what may be the the unknown factor we had last year who was calming the team last year offense who mm. Nobody was calm in the offense. Who? 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 Josh Lug? He was doing it. Joe Alt was doing it. Shout out to Josh Lug signing with the Bears, baby. Go ahead. That's right. That's right. Jared Patterson? Was Jared Patterson calm in the offense with his penalty self? No. I think this year we got somebody that if if the chips get down, Sam Hart be like, I got this. I'll be all right. And I think the team will respond. Because I know we got it on defense. We got enough guys on defense. I think that at this point, even with young guys like Ben Morrison, if Ben Morrison say, hey, no flies on today, I'll take the team. I'll take the team. <laughs> Facts. So, Facts. so I think that, that changes the dynamic and why I say going into these three games that we signed Sam for, I think we have the upper hand because our quarterback – room but now individually is better i'll take a sam over a k club nick with a better team i'll take a sam over with a better team over in ohio state with a kyle mccord i'll take a sam with a better team i mean you know it'll be a shootout with with caleb williams but they ain't got no defense so i'll take sam hartman <laughs> against no defense at usc that don't tackle in the secondary you know i'll take that you know i'll take that matchup i mean it's i definitely think individuals look i think <laughs> the matchup. notre dame has shown that they can slow down ohio state's offense notre dame has shown that they can slow down clemson's offense <sighs> ladies and gentlemen sam is gonna have to you know rest his arm up the week before caleb comes to town bro that's it that's it because that's a shootout it's just it's just that's yeah. just what it's gonna be yeah this is what yeah. it's gonna be if we gonna win it's gonna be a shootout but it's good because the shootout ain't gonna be 50 80 points the shootout gonna be who can get the 40 the fastest because our defense you know they're gonna give up some stuff but we ain't gonna give up no 50 points i'll tell you that so it's the closest to 40 this time we can score 40 oh last time we was about 28 and in, in a in a in a and something was gonna happen, you know. We get to twenty eight, and you know there's gonna be some turnovers. Something, something gonna pop off. But with Sam, we can get forty with this offense. I mean, if Salerno's catching touchdowns, I mean, come on. I don't know if the fan base <laughs> truly enjoys Matt Salerno catching touchdowns. They would much it, rather it be one of the other players. But yeah, hey, the one we recruited and talk about all the time. Where, where was he even recruited from? Was he a walk-on? Yo, speaking of, I saw this video, right, that chronicled the relationship between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud going back to when they were in eighth grade. And the whole time they've been number one and number two. But they are like bros. Like, they've always been tight. Yeah. So they had footage of them at the Elite 11, and they're dapping oh, each other. They're dapping each other, talking into the camera. And one is like, you know, I'm top three. I'm top two, but I ain't two. 
That's what CJ Stroud said. Bryce was like shaking his head. And then you peer to the right behind them. Guess who was behind them? Drew Pine. And I just bust up laughing. I was like, wait a minute. Elite 11 got that one wrong. Like, I don't know what he was doing in Connecticut, but for him to be I was in- there. And you definitely and you definitely saw the relationship, but you kind of like it's it's the same thing I feel like when I was at Elite Eleven and it was Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. You yeah. just knew who the two dudes that were the best in the class. Yeah. I'm about to go to the league. They were gonna have the best path. Well, Justin Fields didn't have the best path initially, but he ended up having a path that made me believe that they were the best two coming out of high school. I mean, they hung out. Each, they they may not be as um, buddy buddy as CJ and Bryce are, but you can tell when the two top dogs are the two top dogs, and they just kind of hang out on a on a warm up with each other. You know that kind of thing. So you knew, I knew then that Justin and, and Trevor were those dudes, and it's just like CJ and and Bryce were when I was in um, in Dallas with him at the Elite Eleven Finals. They were always going against each other, always, you know, chumming back and forth. And they stood out amongst the other top quarterbacks who were taking it too serious or hella nervous or, you know, you know, that whole thing. So um, it was cool to see that dynamic. I ended up giving CJ the overtime sweatshirt because he won. Mm-hmm. And Bryce was like three or four or something like that. But um, it was it was dope to see uh just how they carried that through college. They got a chance to play against each other in college. I think that's always the yeah. ideal matchup that you want when you go to Elite 11 is you identify, okay, what, what suckers I'm finna play when I get to school, and then you kind of fill it out. So it was always cool to see that. And, um, you know, now they wanted to pick in the draft. I think that's something that uh, you feel like you're on that destiny path for. Um, and – We'll see how it goes from here. They both on two teams that are set up to be pretty solid in by year three, you know. Who do you think got drafted to the best position before we transition? I like Domingo Ryan, so I, I gotta say CJ Stroud. They got I think they got the best setup, uh, just because I, I like Domingo Ryan's a lot. And I think that because he's defense oriented, they're gonna he's gonna give CJ the chance, provided with the right offensive coordinator to be in enough games to win it, mm. whereas Bryce is in a position of being like, you got to lead us to to score and to win, you know. It's going to be interesting, man. I really think, of course, you know, I thought Pittsburgh had a really good draft. I thought um, the state of Pennsylvania in general had a great draft. I thought the Eagles had a great draft. The Lions, okay. I thought the Bears – did what they were supposed to do. It was a very solid draft. They traded a lot of their picks early on. That was they traded cool. a lot of their picks. They got value on the back end, especially rounds four through seven. Solidified the trenches. Really didn't get – and I understand what Ryan Poles is doing, right, because Ryan Poles identified that there was really only one opportunity to get a star in this draft, and that would have been if they taken Jalen Carter when they had the opportunity they just didn't feel like they wanted to deal with that in the early stages of trying to build a roster. So they went and got the right tackle for Justin Fields, which is just as important, in my opinion. So from uh, Tennessee or yeah, from Tennessee. 
you know. So for me, next year is the year he has an opportunity with two first round picks to get two superstars. That's another quarterback. <laughs> no, no, he shouldn't be. He, I think next year he'll probably go get. If Justin Fields doesn't do well, this is the year they should get a quarterback. Well, they would have to get the number one pick. I wouldn't. I would not. I mean, if he doesn't do well and you end up, they'll be top ten, and then they got two first rounds. They're gonna do like how Houston did, get a CJ and a Will Anderson. But see, here's the problem: the NFL is so competitive that the Bears were within one score in like 13 of the 17 games they play. Right. Right. So if they get just a little bit better, you know, that's really what the NFL is all about. They can mess around. It'd be be nine nine and and seven next year. Nine and eight. Right. With a chance at a wild card. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then now the perception of how Justin Fields is as a quarterback. It's kind of cemented unless you want to go. I mean, they can win the division because Aaron Rodgers gone. So that that goes a far away. They can beat Kurt first cousins. Uh, well, I don't worry about Minnesota because Minnesota is like a team that's good one year and the next year they fall off. It's consistent. They've been doing that with Kurt Cousins. I do like the Jordan Addison pickup. I mean Justin Jefferson. I mean, Justin Jefferson is gonna be a problem. Yeah. That's that's a problem. But all in all, I, I think he saved his money. And I think the rule is tomorrow the compensatory picks are not connected to free agents, if I'm not mistaken. So after tomorrow, you'll start seeing some of the free agents that were not picked up starting to sign without having to lose a compensatory pick. Uh, now, right? Uh, yeah. A little bit now, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So – Will, uh, I thought the Broncos did okay. I actually thought the Saints did okay as well. I'm that actually down. And Isaiah Fosky, that's, Yo, that's, I mean, hey, they're trying I'm, to get that defense right with Cam Jordan getting older. I'm down here in New Orleans right now, and the people down here are super excited about I me. Mean, New Orleans Saints fans are always. It's a they got Chris Olave. Yeah. got uh, – yeah. You got some pieces. Jameis is still there. Yeah. Yeah. They love their Saints, but they're excited. They're really excited. They love Isaiah Foskey. They love Isaiah Foskey. Hey, quick story. So, you know, come down doing a conference with my dad this weekend here in the New Orleans and also in the Mississippi, southern Mississippi area. And we go to Cracker Barrel. So I thought Cracker Barrel was pretty universal. First of all, I was mad that I lost the vote. We were in the lobby and everybody's like, where are we going to breakfast? And you know me, I'm in the South. Anytime I'm in the South, Man, we're going to Waffle House. What y'all talking about? This is not even a discussion. We're going to Waffle House. Not even a discussion. Not even a discussion. What are we talking about? And we can go at any time of the day. You know, everybody else, no, let's go to Cracker Barrel. I'm like, all right. 
They got Cracker Barrel in Chicago, don't they? Yeah, they do. That's my point. I go to Cracker Barrel in Chicago. We don't have Waffle House in Chicago. Thanks. So, so I'm in the South. I might as well go to Waffle House. We pull up. We get out. And I'm ordering the same thing I order all the time in Chicago. I guess they don't believe in turkey products down here in the South, bro. No. Because I'm like, can I have a side of turkey sausage? And the waitress looked at me like I had three eyes. She said, this ain't California. Like turkey sausage. She was like, we got bacon, pork sausage, and uh, spicy chicken sausage. Yep. I said, so what? What? So what you ordering? What you talking about? I said, wait a minute. I didn't know Cracker Barrel was regional, fam. Nah, they ain't playing that turkey sausage. What are you talking about? Anyway, next you're going to say some vegan waffles or something? Oh, man. Y'all got buckwheat pancakes? Yeah, they man, what? That was almost disrespectful. You know how you go to China and they say if you don't eat all your food, it's disrespectful? You asking about turkey sausage down there is, is a custom that is, like, disrespectful. Man, look here, man. Look. I didn't see almost made me feel bad for asking for turkey. turkey you you sausage, should bro. feel bad. You dang right. You know we asked. No. What do you mean sausage? I should feel bad? Turkey sausage? Bro, oh, Sean, you're better than that. You act like you've never had turkey baked in no turkey sausage, bro. Not in the South. If I ask for it up north, why can't I ask for it down south? Same reason why you can't get the weather down south up north. It just don't happen that way. <laughs> I'm like, man, look, I thought my order from Chicago could transfer down here to the New Orleans area, bro. I will be going to a local Popeye's, though, probably tomorrow. You should go to a local churches. Popeye's chicken is totally different in New Orleans than it is anywhere in the world. Just totally different. The spicy is on another level in New Orleans. It's on another level. So, yeah, man. Down here, man, it's kind of it's monumental. Like I said, this is my dad's first conference after uh, overcoming his battle, man. So I'm super excited. Awesome. To be, yeah, man, it is awesome, man, to see him back at it and see him in the midst of, you know, doing what he loves. That's all you want for anybody, right? To have the opportunity to do what you love and be good at it, be great right. at it. Because right. anytime I listen to him talk, I'm always amazed. Like, wow, this dude is amazing. So, who does Notre Dame have other than Drew Pine? That's a takeover type dude before we close. Who does. Drew Pine. Not Drew Pine. Sam oh. Hartman. See, the number 10 just throws me off sometimes, bro. Hopefully it doesn't throw you off. You play <laughs> like him, too. It's something crazy. Oh, man. Uh, who else do we have like that factor of, of Sam Hartman? Is there anybody that can just take over a game? You feel like no. Aldrich, You feel like Aldrich can take over a game? No. I honestly don't think we have anybody else that can take over a game. But I do think collectively it'll be hard to beat us, though, doing that. You know, 
But that's not a down on Notre Dame. It's just the fact that college football doesn't have too many people that can just win it by themselves. And the ones that can are the ones we know about. Caleb Williams, Drake May, um, Marvin Harrison Jr., maybe, if he get the ball enough. Any defensive players taking over the game by themselves? I don't – I can't call on – I mean, maybe a, a linebacker from LSU, number 40. He's yeah. kind of nice. Um, other than that, that's just telling you that there's not a lot of takeover, which is which is cool, but those the ones that are the top three picks, you know, what right. do you mean? Uh. Caleb is obviously a takeover. Yeah. Like prime example. I don't, JJ think, McCarthy, I don't know. I don't believe JJ McCarthy can take over a game, but I think he's really good. I don't think Drake May is a take. Is Drake May's not a takeover? He's kind of a step below CJ, right? He's a step below Caleb in terms, but I think that Drake May is a quarterback you can win with with a team that's I mean, come on, what is North Carolina? Now, they might be nice because of the transfer portal. You know, obviously, you can buffer that up. But what is North Carolina traditionally? They're not even a, the best program on their campus. So yeah. them trying to win a national championship just doesn't seem like that's their number one investment. We're talking takeover players right here Lucky Lefty Podcast, kind of paying homage to what Stephon Curry did yesterday. Now, he did he score 50 points. He took – he basically just – took over the series in that game and brought the Golden State Warriors on home. Now, this this upcoming series is epic. This is epic. This is epic. I need seven games of the Warriors and the Lakers. I need seven. I need seven. This We all deserve seven games of LeBron and Steph, or should I say Steph and AD. Like how I did that? Does LeBron have to remind you of what he did to Steph last time? Oh, man. All I know is Steph won the last championship. LeBron won one two years before that. So what does that mean? Like I said, Steph won the last, the most recent championship, which is he, Steph is the defending world champion. But the thing is, Steph is not the same player as LeBron. So why? So Steph still got a long way to go. Man, look, let's get back to the topic, man, because you, you know, you LeBronzos, boy, y'all. Wait a minute. If that's the case, then why are we not talking about Steph and Michael Jordan? As far as what? As far as championships and being a great, your greatest player and all that, because LeBron got weight. LeBron got is the greatest scorer of all time, still playing. So what are we talking about with him and Steph? Like I said, they're in the same generation. That's why the conversation goes on. But let's get back to the fact that Caleb Williams is Michael Penix. I think Michael Penix has the potential to take over games. With those two first-rounders, yeah. With the, Yeah, especially with the two first-round wide receivers. <laughs> yeah. Of course. He should. I saw Greg Bryant from USC, the wide receiver, jumped in the portal. Yeah, that room is thick now. Man, must be thick. Keon Coleman, wide receiver from Michigan State, recently jumped in. 
uh, let's see. Uh, Caleb Brown from Ohio State wide receiver recently jumped in. Casey Thompson has been in the portal, what, five, six times, bro? Kate, who? Casey Thompson was at Texas. Then he went to Nebraska. Didn't he start at Northwestern or something? It's crazy. <laughs> like, man, how do you, how many times do you get to be in a portal? Well, isn't it the rule you can only do two now? Yeah, that is the rule now, but Whew. Casey Thompson, man, look, maybe you need to switch positions, my G. Maybe quarterback like Caleb Smith. Man, maybe quarterback isn't the get isn't the position for you. Defensively, because Joe Alt is is already projected to be a top five, top ten pick next year in the draft. Can Benjamin Morrison take over a game? From his position? Uh, if he plays special teams, too. Return oh. punts and kicks, yeah. Oh. I guess it is kind of tough. Uh, positions that can take over. What, pass rusher, middle linebacker, linebacker. Quarterback. Quarterback. I guess a wide receiver can take over games. I'm not sure that we have a wide receiver that can necessarily take over games. No, I don't think we do. You said that pretty quick. I mean, do you think we do? Potential-wise, it may be there. Potential-wise, but as far as the 2023 season, they can just take over games. Like, who is the potential wise? I, I would say one of the freshmen has potential. Jaden Greyhouse has the potential to dominate a game and just take over a game. Um, it's his pedigree. It's what he's been doing his entire life. He, you know, he just. Catches balls. He just finds finds a way to catch. Yeah, balls. He can, as a volume catcher, yeah, but he yeah. Ain't, he ain't like four two speed. Where it's throwing. Well, that's up. the thing. Do you always have to like take the top off the ball to be able to dominate a game? As no, that's what I'm saying. As a receiver, he get like 15 catches. Yeah, I think he 15 catches about 170 something, two or three touchdowns. I think he can have a stat line like that. But, yeah, you need top-end speed, elite speed, to be a guy that can catch it five times and get you about 160-something yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, that's the that's what you want. Yeah. But yeah, as a volume catcher, yeah, I think all, a lot of guys think Tobias can be great. You get 10 catches like a Miles Boykin, you know, 10 catches, 140 or something. He has the range and ability to do that. But we don't have a guy on the roster that can get it under 10 times and give you twice the production of a 
eight, nine catch guy, you know. So I think on a team like this, this is what we need if we're recruiting like this. I mean, we're recruiting for a Cam Williams to come in and be the, the lead target kind of thing. I mean, we're, we've been like that for running back for a while. Josh Adams, run him to death. CJ, run him to death. Dex, run him to death. And then we use our backups when they when we run him to death. You know, receiver's been the same way. Eifert, throw it to him every time. TJ, throw it to him every time. Will, throw it to him every time. <laughs> you know. What's the last time we had a takeover? I guess, man, honestly. The last quarterback that could take over a game in Notre Dame was Brandon. He took God. over that ball. Hey, he took yeah. over that Boston College game. He that was the last time I just saw a quarterback just they had Zay Flowers back then. He took over the USC game at home. No, he had a good game for sure. I think Brandon might have been the last quarterback that could just physically take over a game. Yeah, give you about 150 rushing and throwing type of thing. I don't know if Ian (laughs) ever took over a game. He's just the winningest quarterback of all time, man. And God bless him for that. So, you know. I don't know what that – it's just a, it's an oxymoron. That's what it is. What's an oxymoron? The winningest, non-threatenedest quarterback. <laughs> non-threatenedest. Like, it's like, what was so – like, you know, he won a lot. He won all the games. But it was like, damn, I'll play Ian next week. It's going to be tough containing this guy. It's an oxymoron. He threw for under 3,000 yards in every season. Yeah. In every season? And you the winningest? Yeah. It's like, you know, so it's an oxymoron. It's like, how? Like, Caleb Williams won the Heisman with 5,000 yards, all purpose. Something crazy. And you're like, damn, that's – Pretty great, but he's not going to be the winningest quarterback of all time at USC. It's that's the, the truth. But he's a Heisman winner. He might end up being the most dangerous quarterback to ever play at USC, though. You see the difference? Yeah, but he ain't like, gonna be the winningest. He's not about to be Matt Leinart or see, anything not, like that. But if, like you, that. if you just want to talk about just who was the most. Dominant quarterback that could just take over a game. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, to each his own. Like, it's like, what would you rather have? Be the, would you rather fly or would you rather be the fastest? Like, one of those things. Well, well, I'll give it to you. I'll lean to you on that one. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Apple Podcast, Spotify. Go to the YouTube channel. The thumbs up button. Help us out. Helps with views. Smash that for us. Subscribe. 
Also, don't forget, whether it's on your tablet, iPhone, Android, whatever you check out all your listening uh, platforms, we give you audio edible each and every day right here on the Lucky Lucky Podcast. Just go and search CFB Nation and just go ahead and subscribe. Matter of fact, you can set it up for automatic downloads. For all of our great content, Rise and Draft with Ryan Roberts as well, CFB All-American. We're going to continue to grow and give you more content as we get closer to the season. It's a Lucky Lefty podcast, home of a misguided passion. We spin it different. When we come back, we'll talk about some leftovers from this weekend. And then we'll also get at the fact that um, September 23rd just got a little bit more interesting, according to Mitchell Evans. Are Notre Dame and Ohio State already trash talking? That's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. We'll be right back. 